You are listening to the Christian Worship Center podcast. For more information about our church, please visit us at cwcstillwell.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, we have some testimonies that we're going to hear in just a few minutes about what God has done in their lives, and, and this is what it's all about, amen? The Bible said we are made overcomers by the blood and the word of our testimony. So when we give our testimony, we're made overcomers by the word that comes out of our mouth. Come on, how many, how many knows how you got saved? You got saved by your confession and your belief. Some people say, well, I just believe it in my heart. Well, that's not all of it. Come on, Romans 10, 9. But if thou shalt believe in thy heart and confess with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. So confession is made unto salvation. You don't get saved without confession. Ooh, how did I get there? So I just want to kind of tell you here, you can't get saved from anything unless you confess it. Well, that went over like a tub of mush. I'm going to say it one more time. You can't get saved from anything unless you confess the Lord over it. Confession is made unto salvation. If you want saved from something, confess Jesus is Lord over it. Come on, confess that he's the only way you're going to get out of it. Confess that he's the only one that can bring you up through it. Amen? How many knows you wouldn't have been here if you had to depend on something else? You couldn't have got through what you've been through if you had to depend on somebody or something to get you out. Come on. David said it like this, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I would have been swallowed up. Everything and all of hell come against me. But the Lord was on my side. The enemy was coming after me, but the Lord was on my side. How many's glad the Lord was on your side? And he's still on your side. And he's still got you and he's still handling it. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to try to hurry real quick. When's the last time I said that? But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to try to hurry, but I want to give you just a tiny word this morning, and we're going to go back to cancel the funeral, and we're going to verse 35 of John chapter 11, shortest verse in the Bible. And we're going we're gonna to pick up where we left off last week, and, and I'm just going to kind of give you a, a couple more things, because Jesus weeps with them that weeps. Let's stand and pray for Brother uh, Lonnie's brother right now and his family. Lord, we pray right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you would touch God right now by your power.
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Keep the Smith family in prayer as we go. Amen. They need a strength, but especially Brother Lonnie. This is his brother. And they just called and said that he's not going to make it. So let's just keep them in prayer. Amen. Keep them close. God is greater than anything that we go through. Amen. You may be seated. I'm sorry. I'll just preach with y'all standing up. Hallelujah. When Jesus gets to the tomb, when he gets to the place where they, he tells them, show me where you laid him. Show me where you lost it. Show me where it went. Aren't you glad that God always carries you back to the spot? And so he weeps with those who weep. Before he even calls Lazarus out, he says, I get it. I know what it's like to lose something. I know what it's like to go through something so horrible, so terrible, so, so uh, crazy. Um, and know what it's like to be rejected. Know what it's like to, to get under a load. I know what it's like to feel like you're being, um, uh, people are accusing you of stuff that's not true. And, and people, and see you walking through pain. Jesus knows your burden. He's, the Bible says he was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. So guess what? He's been through what you've been through. He's tested out the waters what you're going through right now. And it doesn't matter who says what, who does what. You're hurting inside because of what you've been through. He sees those quiet moments and those things that you couldn't talk to anybody about. And he sees the abuse that you've taken. And he sees the things that you went through when you were smiling on the outside. But inside you were ripping apart. And nobody understood and nobody cared. But guess what? Jesus cares. He understands. He knows. And he cares about what you're dealing with. You say, well, everybody don't understand. If I share this with people, they're going to rip me apart. But guess what? Jesus won't rip you apart. He'll hug you tighter. He'll hug you closer. So guess what? He said, I know. What, I know you've walked through pain. I know you've been abused by your spouse. I know you know what. I know what it's like to feel angry. I know Jesus sympathizes or empathizes before he demonstrates his power. That is a lesson for us to learn. Before you walk into any situation and try to fix something, why don't you step back a minute and weep a minute? Come on, we, we, we got fixers in the house. Come on, you want to go in there and tell them just how it is. <laughs> I had one of those moments this morning. Brother Mike come telling me what all he had been through this week. And you know what the first thing I said? Stop drinking those Dr. Peppers. It's the fix-it person in me. No, that isn't even what happened. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? got to step back a minute and empathize and say, okay, God, what do you want me to say before I run my mouth off? I'm just telling out for myself I'm being real this morning. So guess what? It's okay to be real, right? Are we any real people in this house? 
So, so you understand Jesus knows what you're feeling like, and he knows that you don't have to fix it all because you can't fix it all. Step back and say, God, where do you want? Fill me with your love. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with what you want me to say because you're Jesus. You can call a dead man out of the grave, and you're standing in a place where they just got mad at you for not showing up. Mary, Martha has come to the city and said, you can't even come into town because I don't think Mary wants to see you right now. So you better wait till I go talk to her and see if it's all right for you because there's no chicken wings for you today, honey. Come on, we're, we're real, right? We go through real stuff. We deal with real situations, and this is Jesus. Okay, I know you're coming for dinner, but dinner's not ready for you today. Because you didn't show up when our brother was sick. We texted you. We burned your phone up. And, we, and we, all of the messages appeared as you read them. We know you got the message. Don't lie to me. You got an iPhone. Ha. You understand what I'm saying? And so we're burning up his phone and we're aggravated at him and frustrated at him. And now he's going to come. He's going to do something. And you got all these emotions because he's Jesus, but he's also man. And he's like, I really want to tell him. Y'all wouldn't be so faithless. (laughs) Come on, but I'm standing at the grave right now. That's probably not the thing to tell him. So Jesus does no other thing than Jesus knows how to do is his emotions overrun him. And he weeps because he understands the human side. But he weeps because he gets the God side. No wonder he wept because he's in between the two. And for a moment, because we know Jesus knows everything, right? So I have a, I just want to give you a a Jesus moment. Jesus is probably standing there looking at the dead, relating to the live, and remembering that over several thousand years ago, there was a man that stood in the same area that was covered in Soars and sitting on a potsherd and cutting himself, scraping himself with sores and said, Oh, that there were a daysman. In our language, oh, that there was a mediator between me and between God that could pull God down and pull me up and bring us together. And Jesus is weeping because this is the day that Job prayed for. Hallelujah, somebody ought to shout in this house. Ooh, this is the day that Job asked for. I am the mediator between the live and the dead. Glory to God. So guess what? You're not all wet 
because you're aggravated and you're frustrated because he didn't show up four days ago because you're probably in the same place Job was. Why didn't he show up 4,000 years ago when I was hurting? And Jesus overcome with emotions about another day. And they said, boy, he just loved this guy. And Jesus is saying, I got love that's so much bigger and so much greater because, yeah, I love this guy, but I love Charlie Joe Kenyon that's coming later. And I love Job that was back there. Mm, hallelujah. So I'm pulling the two together in one spot. And this is my moment to bring God to man. Y'all get it? No wonder he wept. When he remembered, he was an answer to prayer 4,000 years before. 2,000, whatever it was. Come on, because history tells us the book of Job is older than any book in the Bible. Come on. Right? So, we think Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy had them beat. But maybe even between Adam and Moses was a guy named Job. Before the first temple or tabernacle was ever created, this guy named Job prayed for somebody to bring him and God together. Come on, don't you think your prayer is going unnoticed? It may take him a little bit to get there, but let me tell you, he's on his way. And he's going to weep when he gets there. He's going to touch you in such a way that you're going to feel all kind of ways. You're going to feel all type of ways. You're going to feel so, so messed up and overwhelmed and crazy. But you know why? Because he's bringing you and the Father together. Because he is our mediator. So did you pray for a mediator this week? You pray for something to bring you and God together? Guess what? He just showed up. His name is Jesus. He can weep with those who weep. Come on, his feelings are, he's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. The Father's overcome with love, but he's so full of love and sinlessness that he can't take your stuff. Come on. That's why he said, no man's looked at me and lived. Moses, so I don't think, I don't know how I think you come, you think you're so special. Is you creeped up in here and think you're going to get a look. Right? Because nobody's ever saw my face and lived. But I will show you my name. I will show you the power. And you understand nobody enters to the Father but by the name. And in the old covenant, they weren't even allowed to stay, say the name. It was so holy. 
And if they said it wrong, if the priest went in there and said the name of God wrong, he, they had to drag him out. Because if he mispronounced the name of God, the unpronounceable name of God, that's how come he got dragged out. This is why he said, take not the name of the Lord thy God in vain. You know why? Because you don't just come up here and mispronounce it. you got to have a relationship with him. So when you say Lord, he knows you're his Lord. He's your Lord. When you say he's my Jesus, you'll know he's your Jesus. And not only he knows it, but the whole world knows it. Yeah, we all have sinned. We all have messed up. We've all done some craziness. But guess what? We know him. Come on. And the way you know him is through all the mess you've been through. Come on, stop trying to make your life easy. Because the more easy you try to make it, the harder it gets. Come on, just trust him. And you'll get back on the other side and say, how did I get through that? Well, he pulled you through. He toted you through. He carried you through. He rolled you through. He made it possible that you get. How did I ever overcome that? Well, it's through him. Come on, everybody stand this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How did I get through? Man, I still ain't made it to it stinks yet. But we're getting there. <laughs> I think the last three services, that's what he's named the message. Because that's where I'm headed. But I had to let you know how much he loves you. Some of you are sitting, standing here this morning saying, I don't know if he loves me or not. Because you're looking at all the circumstances you're going through. You're looking through all the abuse that you've been through. Maybe instead of trying to fix it, maybe your first response needs to be, Lord, just let me cry a while in your presence. Let me shed tears in your presence. Let me know what you have done. Because every one of us in here has a Lazarus. Some of you this morning have wrapped stuff up in your life. And you're still wrapping it. Because you don't want to see it no more. You don't want no part of it anymore. So you're just wrapping it up and getting rid of it. Because if I move the, remove the evidence, then I'll have to look at it, right? Come on, how many know that's the reason we bury the dead? Because we get them out of our life just as quick as possible after they're dead because they're, they're not any use to us. We still love them, but they're not there. We still care about them, but they don't talk back to us anymore. They don't love us back anymore. Because they're gone. So that's the way we deal with death is get it out of sight. Come on, some of you are in situations right now. You just want to forget about that. 
You're trying to wipe all of it clean. You're trying to wipe it all. You're trying to bury it. You're, you're wrapping it up. You're saying, I don't want to remember it anymore. I'm done with that. I'm never going back. And while that may be a good idea, some of you have done God the same way. And you're saying, he done me wrong. Wrapping him up. Moving on. This morning, I want to talk to you for a second. God knows the hurt. God knows your problems. God knows your care. He knows what you're dealing with right now. He knows what you're going through. There are multiple people in this building this morning. I could come and get you, and I could share with you what the Lord wants you to know. But I'm going to leave it like this. God wants to you to know he hasn't forgot what you've been through. He hasn't forgot where you've been. He hasn't forgot, but that is just a piece of your story. That's not your final end. <laughs> because your final will be better than your beginning. So grab a hold of it, pull it down, because Jesus cares about you. So I don't care what you've been through. What you're headed to is the reason why you went through what you went through. So it's not because you was a bad person. It's not because God was mad at you. Because he's not. He loves you. So this morning, these altars are open. We're going to take a few minutes. And then I'm going to turn it over to these guys that are going to do the testimony. But I want you right now to focus. If you want to pray right where you are, then do it. Because God is in the house. This morning, he's got a word for you. And he loves you. And he cares about you. And this morning, he showed up at the grave where you wrapped it up, where you left it. He showed up because he loves you. He didn't have to, but he did. So this morning, I want you to bow your head with me and say, thank you, God, that I'm not forsaken. I may be bruised. I may be broken. I may feel like I'm down. But that's not where I'm going. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. My Lazarus is going to live again. My Lazarus is going to breathe again, whatever that is. God's going to breathe life into it this morning. Hallelujah.